0: Uh, Good evening, everybody. Today is uh, Saturday, May 14th. It's about uh, 9.30 p.m. Uh, I'm talking to Andrew Melton and John Bertan, who did the Miwok 100k on Saturday morning, May 7th, 2022. Uh, Pretty uh, epic race uh, run, and uh, we're going to get into it. So uh, we uh, have some beverages here. And we're gonna I think we'll uh we'll start with Melton. Um do you wanna go by Andy or Melton or what's your either one's fine. I always use last names for if people. I say
1: Andy you'll know who I'm talking to.
0: So so uh let's uh so it was May seventh. Let's go back to like just March April. What was your March April uh training like? <clears throat> uh
2: just trying to keep it consistent i did a uh a build up i guess i'm trying to think back march that would have been uh muc 50k was kind of the starting of the start of the training raced that and uh recovered from that and then tried to keep the mileage 35 40 miles 50 miles a week and
0: that's pretty low right for for someone doing a hundred K? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Not ideal, but that's about about what I can take and be uh you know, stay away from injuries. And
0: so and yeah. So you're like over the years like a thirty mile guy, like week in, week out, right? About Yeah, thirty to forty. Smart, yeah. Yeah. It's uh I always get injured when I try to ramp up and like get the miles in and then then I'm injured and then I can't do the race. So How about you, John? What was your uh your 2 months before?
1: 2 months before March was the Napa Marathon.
0: Mm. Yeah, we have the uh the podcast on that one. That was that was pretty uh brutal. That was the the beginning of March. The
1: the time in between March or in between Napa and Miwok, I was running a lot with another buddy who was training for his first 50K. We put in a lot of mileage. His first, he ran a 50K down a woodside, an inside trail race. And I was just piggybacking my Miwok training off of his, just making sure I got anywhere from 45 to 65 miles a week, just continuing steady, good diet of trails. And the 50K that he ran in mid-April, about a month out of Miwok, was maybe three weeks before I thought was, that'll be my long training run for Miwok. So that was the, the next stepping stone. So big long run or longish, uh March marathon at the beginning, keep the 20 milers going roughly every week and a half, get to that 50 K mid April. And I stayed with him the whole time. Um, he had a goal of running five hours, 55 minutes, which I thought was good training pace for Miwok. We ran exactly five hours and 55 minutes and 24 seconds, I think. And then three weeks out, that was Miwok. So that's that's what the training looked like, just using other races to, to jump to the next one.
0: So, John, what you just said sounded sounds very uh, calculated on working up to Miwok 100K. And, like, uh, you said 20s, like every week and a half is that
1: approximately yeah 20 miles every not every weekend but i think on average like every week and a half what and
0: what about elevation uh just getting lots of elevation in or
1: yeah about there's a there's a run that i do regularly seven mile loop trail loop and you get about 1500 feet so around that average 1500 feet per seven miles Mm-hmm. For the 50K, I think it was close to 6,000 feet of climbing. So that sounds approximate for the, you know, multiply 7 times 4, 1,500 times 4.
0: And and we were talking about this before we started recording, but how many have you done? MiWok Mi-walk 100s? I can look. Um, I know I did the first one.
1: Not the first MiWok. Uh, the first one I did was 2011. And I came back and did it in 2012. Then there was, break, I think I did it, scrolling up, 2014, 2015, and know I didn't run it in 2016, and did I run it in, did not run it 2017, ran it 2018, and 2019, so let's recap, 2011, 12, 14, 15, 17, 19,
0: that's six, so this is my seventh. Seventh. And has the intent been to get a ticket for Western States because it's a Western States qualifier? Not
1: originally, because that wasn't the way to qualify for Western States. But
0: in recent years, yes, because it takes 100K. Yeah, because I was thinking, oh, yeah, he probably needs... A specific 100K. Yeah, not every 100K does it. And it has to have certain elevation and whatever.
1: I was noticing something interesting about this race. Uh, what, was the, what was the cutoff time for the race?
2: 15.30.
1: 15.30 cutoff time.
2: Which a lot of people thought was really short. They were worried about it. I guess that makes sense. That is a short... For 100K. Yeah. That's
1: about what we ran Quicksilver last time we ran Quicksilver. Yeah. Quicksilver is a different beast of a race. Though I thought it was amusing looking at the qualifying races for Western States. Miwok is just a finish uh, in the list of qualifying races. Castle Peak has a cutoff time of 21 hours. It used to be 20, now 21. 21? But it isn't just finish Castle Peak. I think just finishing Castle Peak is harder than finishing Miwok in the allotted cutoff time of 15 hours and 30 minutes. That's just my opinion. But I think we know enough people on the Western States board. We could take it to them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Diana. T- listen to that. Carl. <laughs> Dylan. So um, we were talking about the uh, the website, and uh, I'm looking at the website right now, Miwok100k. Uh, there's this little guy here. I'm going to let, uh, I think, uh, Melton, Andrew, uh, Andy, uh, <laughs> knows the story. I don't know the story. Looks like a petroglyph or something.
2: I don't know the story about that. I oh, don't know the story. I don't know the story. It's just he the Mi. It's it's the Miwok
0: logo. It's on your hat. <laughs>
2: well, they gave me this hat. I didn't request it with the logo on it. If you tell the story
0: as you know it and it goes on the internet, it becomes fact. <laughs> oh. do, do we know where that? Um, it's 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 like a what an, uh, an it looks like a petroglyph. Yeah, some some yeah. primitive Indian put on a a, a wall and a painting or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. And its I thought it was like near Mirrorwoods Woods or something.
1: I, I love it. I'm saying this in the most loving way. It does kind of look like a throw rug with arms <laughs> and goggles, but it does remind me a lot of the robot from Short Circuit. Do you
0: remember that movie? You know, there's something else oh. going on. If you look at this thing closely, it has like two spirals, uh, and it's, it's very alien looking. Uh, it has like six things of hair coming out of the head. It doesn't really look human. This uh the
2: spirals uh symbolize the redwood trees.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we yeah. can go that. And the spear is for the uh Do you have a source for that? The seals, they they I think they hunted seals a lot uh on the uh on the beaches there. Yeah. And they
1: were so. immune to poison oak, I assume.
0: Of course. Yeah. No, there's there's probably a really you could write a great story just with that picture because it's, it's pretty sweet.
1: And I, I'm, I have a lot of Miwok 100K apparel now. Hats, t-shirts, arm sleeves, mugs, uh, okay, beer bottles.
0: I'm, I'm clicking on About on the website right now. The history is about three sentences long. The Miwok 100K was founded in 1996 by Kelly Sheehan. The first race held on May 6th, yada yada, 69 people, Tia Boddington took over as race director in 2004. Uh, Miwok 100K course has changed a number of times due to a variety of park service requirements. Uh, 2012, moved, the start-finish has moved to Stinson Beach, uh, which is a great place for a start and finish uh, for a race. Um, it's just logistics-wise, makes I think that makes sense. So that's that's it. I think the version of the course they have now is a very...
1: Sustainable version of the course in terms of getting aid stations set up, not blocking too much traffic, not interfering with anybody who's out on a nice Sunday. That's, uh, and uh, having a, a finish that, while rough, is pretty reasonable for a for 100K trail finish.
2: Yeah, w- yeah, we can get into that, but there's the the finish is
0: uh interesting. All right. So, so let's move forward uh chronologically from uh our training and uh well, when do you register for this? What what, what uh so so we go back a little. When do you register for Miwon?
1: I think I registered in 2019 for this one.
0: I was going to say the same
2: thing. Yeah, it's it's been carried over a number and, of and years. And was it a lottery for you guys or
0: Yeah. So both yeah. of you, even though you had like seven or six before? I think it became a lottery because it became popular
1: because it's a Western States qualifier. And it's a classic and reasonable 100K. You don't have to deal with too much weather. You'll probably finish in daylight. You don't need a headlamp, headlamp for too long. Crewing, gear bags, all of that is not as hard as some other races. The, the lottery, sometimes not enough people sign up and then everybody gets in. I've seen years happen like that. I think every time I've signed up for
0: Walk, I've gotten in. So something odd happened just looking at the entry, which was 431 people entered and then 330 started. Or so, or or or, or three hundred and thirty two started. It was ninety nine off. Yeah, so, so I'd like to see kinda, data on races. Yeah, I saw. I don't understand that from the website.
1: Well, in the last few years, I, I people's training kind of went all
0: over the place because races have been canceled. Races there weren't as many. Oh, so so this is. Are most of the people like from the area, or is it all over the country for this race?
1: I think it's most are from. The majority, though I'm not sure how big of a majority it actually is, are from the area. But on the course, you'll see people from all over. The last time I ran it in 2019, I was coming down the Matt Davis Trail with a lady who was from Austin. And she was cursing the trail the entire time. All the, you know, the rebar and leftover bits of decaying, like redwood steps and whatnot. Just saying, there's no way I can train for this in Austin. (laughs) (laughs)
0: so i i think this is making sense now people registered in 2019 all over the country and then there's the oh i'm not ready for this because it's 100k and there's the logistics of being all over the country so it'd be just difficult to get into a race where you thought is that there's more there's more
1: nuance than that i don't think people it wasn't just a 2019 registration people registered in 2019 put in the front lottery get selected and think, okay, we're going to race in 2020 and then 2020 it was canceled. And then at the in late 2021, when the registration typically opens, it's October, November ish. It opened up again and priority was given to people who were in for 2020. Then it was canceled again in 2021. And people who were
2: in for 2021 i think we're given
1: priority for registration
2: i think that was how it was carried over each time that's how i remember it too so so it it's uh i think that low start rate is not due to people signing up in 2019 i think uh, it's due to other yeah other factors okay. People
1: not feeling ready people not being able to get transportation or flights because they went super crazy expensive
0: i don't know there's, so there's a so, lot let's, of so uh it. yeah let's dive into it i, I don't know it's uh I know one person I, that signed up and didn't didn't race. What was the reason? Uh, yeah. Who are they? What's their name? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: not going on the record, but but that person I think said she was
0: not trained enough. And that's smart is the reason why. So, whoever that is, that's smart not to just show up and do a race if you're not ready. I think that's probably the biggest reason why people won't show
1: up for a race is they're not trained and then they find some other additional reason to say, "Oh, I can't do this, and it's going to take this, and then it all makes it. I've done that with a few
2: races. But what about the financial component? I mean, you, you just shelled out. It was it, it was not a cheap race, right? No, and,
1: I paid for it for 2020 and 2021, and for
0: 2022. You know, what what is the registration cost? I'm trying to remember. I think it's at least 150, right? Somewhere How, between that's 100 it? and 200. 150 dollars. That's an expensive ultra. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I need to I need to start doing ultras. Uh, so so New Start York, doing. You New York, efforts. uh, yeah, not like this. So New York is a uh, two hundred ninety dollars, and Boston is two hundred and ten dollars. That's cheaper than I thought for those races. Yeah, but most people pay uh do the lottery for New York. It's like three thousand dollars to get in. Three thousand dollars. Three thousand in lottery, or or not lottery? Excuse me, a charity. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, let's fast forward a little um let's talk about uh race day uh how you got there how it started what 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 was the conditions like uh you want to go andy yeah sure so john and i carpooled john showed me his uh secret
2: route through mill valley i i don't know i have quite a secret route well i was gonna say i don't know if i don't know if i should disclose this on a podcast know uh,
1: knows you turn left
0: at the deuce. With all <laughs> the <to go> over, <laughs> okay. We you might, might have ten <laughs> listeners at the end of this. We have well, not, okay, we're right now
2: there there is a secret route if you turn left at the two a.m. club to get this to Sunset Beach, which is about half the time the way that uh, I was
0: proposing to drive there.
2: So um yeah, so we carpooled over there
0: and so like what what's the start time? Five a.m. Oh, oh so, man! So th- oh yeah, because there's. There's yeah. headlamps on the webpage. I yeah. don't want
1: people to finish in the dark. That's really the goal.
0: Yeah, so 3 a.m., wake up. Oh, man. So, did you sleep? I mean, did you sleep okay? I slept great. It's not always the case for ultras, but for whatever reason, this one. But you go to bed at like 8? How do you sleep at 8? No,
2: usual time. Like 9 That's or usual time.
0: 10. 10. That's yeah, I went to same. bed like at 9.30,
1: between 9.30 and 10. Yeah. Okay, that's so not my usual time. That's early for me. Usually, I go to bed go to bed
2: between twelve and one. <laughs> okay,
0: so you
1: get
2: five and a half hours of sleep.
0: Yeah, that's good. All right,
2: but I have I have many memories of hundred mile races or hundred Ks where I just don't sleep at all the night before. You're just tossing and turning, and
0: oh, I'm always restless before like any right? race. Yeah, I mean, except like TCRS, which doesn't. Are really you just look gonna out. ask TCRS. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't even care. Like today, I did TCRS. did the first i did the first mile really hard and like a guy passed me i was like eh, whatever and i was just cruising for the next couple miles for me for
1: this race specifically because it's we're lucky it's in our backyard it takes 30 minutes to get there because there's no traffic at the time in the morning i went to bed and fell asleep pretty quickly and i didn't have I didn't really have any stress about this race other than my goal was to finish. Cause I wanted that Western States qualifier. I wasn't going out for a PR on the course. Just, I didn't want to explode and just have a death march to the finish. And we didn't. And I also wanted to just trust my training. I had done a 50 K three weeks before and that 50 K under six hours just felt like a walk in the woods. So in that context, I wasn't thinking, Oh, is it going to be, well, what could happen out there? And granted, I want to respect the race. Anything could happen out there, but it was, I'd been so practiced for it and that, that didn't keep me up. So. Okay.
0: So how do you, um, cause I, I haven't really looked at the elevation profile. But uh, how do you compartmentalize the race distance, like for both of you? Like, because I'm interested in, you know,
2: I can start with that one. Yeah. So I mean, I thought this
0: look looked
2: on paper to be very much two separate 50ks. I still think that's true after after running it. The first the first 50k is much more up and down through the headlands where you've got. Every five to ten miles, uh, you know, f- five to six hundred foot climb.
0: And and I'm looking Where, at the map right now. So you go south first, or south ish. You go up the Dipsy. Yeah, you the go
2: up, dis- up, dis- up Dipsy, up up Dipsy, Shelly Cardiac, and then drop down Heather
0: Cutoff.
1: And you just know you're not going to run up that. There's no reason.
0: There's, yeah, there's, that's that would be dumb. Oh, oh, I did run up that at the 50k. I did uh, like last year. Oh, and double dipsy or something like no, that. No, no, this. So yeah, there's the, i run up that in the 50k and then completely exploded at mile 20. Yeah, that's a yeah, it's a good way to blow up. I, I did that too. Bank time. <laughs> Got to bank the time. So, you hike it, and then the 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 elevation. You said two 50ks. What are this, what's the elevation for each 50k?
2: Well, that's where it's interesting. So, so the first part, the climbs are more sustained and they're, you know, about five to six hundred. I think, although I think climb up to cardiac is more like a thousand at the end of that first first fifty K section. Um so, you know, so it's uh those long sustained climbs, which are very different in the second what we would call the second 50K
1: where do you end the first 50k it's not necessarily at 50k distance no
2: it's not not at 50k distance i i I looked at it as cardiac so you come back you go out and you do roughly 50k in the headlands and then you come back to cardiac so yeah my the math is plus or minus five miles or ten miles (laughs) and uh but but that second half of the race it's all roller so it's
0: short punchy wow i'm looking at the 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 mile splits here yeah yeah first mile and second mile 16 minutes and then almost 18 minutes second mile you're going upstairs yep and then 13 and then then you're down to eights 850 yeah it's coming down the nice nines well-made single track yep uh then then there's some serious hills here at 13 or 14 yeah
1: the the biggest thing when you when you come out when, when that start clock goes off you just remind yourself this is all day and there's no need to spend it all on these first climbs and I, it's not gonna it's not gonna hold you back if you take it easy on those first few climbs
0: i think you mentioned this years ago about the start of like ultras and how um, just odd it is because it's it's an ultra and everybody starts off, and and the people who are going to win the ultra, they're like in the very back, or or probably like you know just walking it essentially if they're going straight up a hill, and then then the people running, they're they're gonna probably have some problems. I'm thinking well, of the Castle some, Peak. 100K. Uh, I was gonna
1: say some people yeah. who are winning those ultras are also starting out right at the front and they're running right from the beginning. It. It's all about pacing, though. You you have you have a long time to be out there and a long time to be on your feet. Climbs and are going to take it
0: out of you, so don't it, don't it's spend not, it all on those climbs. Yeah, it's to me, it's it's not a race necessarily, but like a like as a running race, it's a uh, it's an endurance event. Yeah, a foot race. Yeah, it's an endurance event where you really have to understand your body. Uh, you can't you can't just go out and do it and
1: understand it, it does help on this course or any course actually knowing the course. So I think that was for me for better, or for worse, nothing is a surprise on that course. I know exactly like, okay, we got this climb coming. We got this climb coming and that's the, the good and the bad of it. Sometimes you like to, you know, the novelty of a new course, but to really like finally tune the whole, the whole, you know, your pace, your plan for the day. It's nice to have been out there before. The uh, halfway point. It's funny how you think about it, Andy, as a halfway (laughs) the 50 (laughs) K at the top of cardiac. Yeah. And my brain is thinking about cardiac is maybe it's rounding up. It's like mile 40. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, we have a 20 miler in the headlands that's going to end at Somewhere around Tennessee Valley. I think Tennessee Valley was the marathon mark. So we we headed up and over Cardiac, then Muir Beach, and then up and over to the Green Gulch Farm to Tennessee Valley. And then we head up along the ridge and the headlands that's in between the headlands and 101 and on the trail that almost takes you to the Golden Gate Bridge. And then you turn sharp west north and start heading back and get back to Tennessee Valley. Tennessee Valley, I think, is approximately the marathon mark and you should the goal there i feel is you should still be feeling fresh and that's always funny like okay just got the first marathon down let's hope we're still feeling fresh not like a hundred mile well, where you're uh, thinking this is only 25 percent done mm-hmm. you're you're more than that you're you're beyond a third but you're still thinking this is still morning still got most of the day ahead of us there's still a lot more to go and a lot can happen
0: how to how did- how how did both of you feel at Tennessee Valley? I felt pretty good at that point.
2: I think so too. I don't remember feeling um, particularly tired. I remember there was a drop bag there, right? And I you, you did, had drop bags. I, I had don't a, use any drop bags. Yeah, I carried my drop bags. I'm trying to think what I got out of my drop bag there, but I remember grabbing something. Oh, pickle juice!
1: I was just gonna say the pickle. The juice pickle was juice,
2: a big
0: yeah. thing in this race oh, this well, time. Okay, we got to rewind. Rewind <laughs> okay. to the very start. Um. Because nutrition and hydration and all of the things that you do on a race this long. Okay. John, did you have a plan or was it I just have a bunch of stuff in my pack? I always have a plan. Sometimes the plan is formulated
1: when I'm parking my car or like getting <laughs> stuff out. But there's a plan that exists. Okay. Does the plan always get followed? Sometimes. Okay. So uh, what what was your there plan? There was a plan. And the plan was uh, goose. I, I had all of my goose, <laughs> Goo and water. Got it. Yeah, All of my goose <laughs> in my pack, and I had spare water. And I, I like running with a little uh, camping cup that kind of just pops open. You fill it up. And then so I don't – the bottles are more like emergency in okay. case I'm really feeling thirsty. And, and what's, what's your stations.
0: pack, like uh, size and all that stuff? It's
1: the Salomon 12 set,
0: the original. The mm-hmm. thing's almost 10 years old. And aid stations are like every, what, eight miles on this? Approximately. Five, I'd say five, five to, eight. to eight. Yeah, five, five to five eight. Five to so, eight,
1: okay. Maybe, yeah, about eight.
0: So, so you got water, for sure. Got
1: water, got my goo. I have all my goo's. I brought 24 goo's with me because I was planning So you had on individual goo. goo's? You didn't individual have like a goos. big bottle with a bunch of goo I in I couldn't it? find it. Okay. I went to the SFRC, the running store, to get my flavors of goo's you the can, day before. You can
0: squeeze each one out into the thing. That's too
1: much work. Uh <laughs> And I oh, and aside,
0: this is Iron separate. I ran with a brand new pair of shoes. Well, I, I have a confession to make to everybody. I was doing Boston and I tore off the top of a goo.
1: Oh, did you litter the top of a goo? Did and you swallow it? <laughs> no,
0: I tore off the top of the goo and and I have a pocket, like a pocket I use for all that, and I missed getting it in and I dropped it and there was like a hundred people around me. You're oh, gonna get trampled. You're gonna get trampled. That so feels awful. I littered. I littered. And uh yeah. Uh, you're that, such
1: a good trail steward too. You always pick up trash
0: when I'm in a room with you too. So that that, that must hurt. Well, I, I try not to actually say that because that's the whole, you know, do it do good deed, but don't, totally. don't mention you're it. You're not but, saying it, I'm saying it. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's why you pick up trash is so when you have those unfortunate events and you cannot
0: get it yes that you're making up for that bad everybody listening pick up a one piece of trash uh today that would be really nice
1: now my my pack i got it down i have the the spot for trash i got access to I, i know how to contort my arms to access all the zippers and all of that goo every half hour i approximately stick to it the aid stations kind of change that rhythm
0: anything other than goo it's just goo and water no
1: i wanted to eat what was at the aid stations too so
0: i had like the hummus and the salted uh, potatoes i remember at the 50k I did uh, really good salted watermelon mm. the,
1: and then a lot of bananas I'm peeling off the bananas this time and then pickles and pickle juice going back to the pickles mm. and pickle
0: juice Pickle juice, yeah.
2: there so. was there were no potatoes no po- I, no, no potatoes. potatoes no which is which is which is my go-to
1: Interesting. No classic fare at a classic race.
2: Yeah, so we had to resort to things like salted watermelons.
1: Salted watermelon is pretty winning combination, yeah. though. It's, yeah. it's,
0: T- it's Tia good. Boddington, please uh, provide potatoes,
2: potatoes, canned potatoes, and, and, oh, and salt
0: on them. Yeah,
1: yeah. The the payday bars. Did you eat the? Payday oh, bars? I ate a lot of paydays. I have recollections of one me I think this is my second best me walk. It was entirely. I don't even think I really carried anything with me. I just had paydays
2: and coke the okay. whole race. So it <laughs> sounds
0: like John just just shows up with a backpack and a bunch of goose. Okay. No, 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 no. Let's let's
2: let's get the record straight. All right. I remember John being so regimented. Did you have a timer on your watch that went off? I didn't have a timer on my watch. I was just looking okay. at the time every okay. 30 minutes. Because you were, I mean, I remember almost yeah, every single time. 30 minutes, you'd be like, 30 minutes is good time. 30 minutes. And I I did not have okay. that planned. Ah. So I was like. And when I'm I got like, off, I was yeah.
1: like, oh, I'm 10 minutes off. Then I was like at, at the 10, the 40 of the hour. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. That's Once you go off of your regimen, things go south. You no, I don't think back. so.
2: I don't think so, because he still stayed on the regimen, just adjusted it.
1: I was also supplementing with well, food I, from the A stations.
0: So, so so I'm an amateur. I haven't done 100K. But when you skip water for two hours, <laughs> it's a problem.
1: See, I never skip, <laughs> never skip water. And I was drinking all the electrolyte drink at the A stations.
0: Because it was that cool, was, and I felt great. Yeah, okay. Wait, so, no. So well, Andy. well, but yeah. can uh
2: I, I don't want to take us on too much of a tangent, but- There was an interesting sign at one aid station I had never seen before related to water, and it said, drink to thirst, do not overhydrate.
1: That's totally true.
2: (laughs) It's totally true, but usually the recommendation at an ultra (laughs) so you don't go two hours without drinking water is the opposite of that. But do you remember seeing that sign?
1: Hypernatremia is a real thing. It's deadly, and it's deadly. I have a buddy that went hypernatremic, and he's a doctor at TRT. And he still ran under 24 hours there. And um, when I do my woofer research, the wilderness first responder, uh, almost 10 years ago in the research literature they gave us, it was don't offer people water if they have these signs. Mm -hmm. So hypernatremia is being more recognized and it's becoming more... So so
0: what are the signs? It's hard to tell because the signs of hypernatremia are similar to the signs of dehydration. Because I would think signs of uh, electrolyte, you know, basically, if you're just sweating and you have like the white around your face, the, and the salt on your shirt, yeah, your your yeah. your white on the hat. That I think that's a that's a telltale. Uh, you are well, well, I don't know what that is, but the, you have like the white on your hat from the salt. The number one thing that is in all the
1: the emergency and wilderness medical books that is listed is ask questions. Have they been drinking a lot of water because that's what people are coming in there they're drinking too much water and they're not getting enough salt mm-hmm. which is why salt pills are back at aid stations mm-hmm. or just like every aid station this race had the big thing of just like uh kitchen grade
0: salt like a yeah.
2: industrial i just had a, salt.
0: a light bulb in my head went off so when i did centuries a long time ago and i biked a lot i would have these enduro lights Yeah. And so I I was was. drinking lots of water all the time, but and I would be bonking. So I'd be like four or five hours in, I don't know. And then I'd have a couple of these endurites and it it was like um it was like drinking a Coke or something when you're running like an Ultra. And I'd have this huge just I felt great after like fifteen minutes after those. So I don't know.
1: It's funny how that delay too, that time like fifteen to twenty minutes for your body to absorb something yep really it's, it's a real thing that's why maintaining the goo schedule for me i've learned is, is super important because it'll mean the difference between a stretch between aid stations that is a slog where i'm just thinking where the hell is the next aid station versus oh we're halfway there we're already halfway there
0: oh so here's another question do you train the same way as you race with the goose ingestion, or ingestion?
1: No, no. <laughs> <laughs> when I do a twenty, uh, a twenty miler, I'm always thinking I can probably get through this with no food, maybe S- one bottle of water.
0: Yeah, you don't need anything. <laughs> or, for twenty. I, or well, there's,
1: there's water fountains on
2: the route. If it's cool out, you don't need anything. If if it's cool out, you don't. Or usually one goo. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know. an emergency goo.
1: Yeah, I have an emergency goo that gets. Is like so caked with like body oils and sweat crusties and everything. But it's the emergency. It it's goes a, it, in
2: the shorts. Expired six months.
1: Do they have an expiration
2: date? Oh, they do. And many of mine are expired. Where yeah. is it printed? Well, it's, I, oh, it's, it's on the Goos. yeah I have, Check it out. I've never looked for them. I still oh, have yeah.
0: free raspberry goose. I got like five years ago that are disgusting. But I, I still have them because I got them for free.
2: And the thing about the goos is the sugar concentration is so high that they never. There's nothing that's going to grow in there, right? So
1: yeah, but looking at the nutrition facts for goos, that's what we were talking about just during need The race, Oxygen, oxygen, which and sugar. is yeah. the ratio of of nutrient to other, and I still feel goo has the least amount or any kind of energy gel. But the goo is pro- they got the the balance perfected of the least emulsifiers, the least preservatives and most now I don't want to say like nutrient necessarily, like don't don't get me wrong. It's like you can't make a meal out of it or like, a, you know, everyday mm-hmm. eating. But just the amount of sugar and everything else you need when you're doing these events and it's those preservatives and emulsifiers and delivery mechanism chemicals that I realized started wrecking my stomach. So whether it was like the jelly belly sport beans, which have a lot of things that are not food, but just keep it in the shape of a jelly bean. Yeah. Or even salt capsules. Those the cubes plant cellulose.
0: Have you had those cubes? Oh, they're, they're the like, shop blocks? Yeah. yeah, just, yeah. I, I used to use those because
1: yeah. those were easier than ripping open a goo. Mm-hmm. And I would it would be easier to not lose the wrapper. You don't get all the sticky crap everywhere and mm-hmm. stuff if you're not careful with the goo. Um but the even like salt pills. What I start, what I do now, is I crunch on the salt pill, and make sure I suck out all the salt. And even that taste of saltiness actually is a little uh, pick wh- me up. What's the brand of salt pill? Um, I use. I used to use S caps. I don't know if those are still a thing anymore. So now I'm on salt stick. It's just literally. I'm like, what is this on Amazon that can be next aid?
0: And that's and so, that's a direct pill. It's, you don't have to put it in water.
1: Nope, don't put it. It's got this plant cellulose capsule. Uh huh. And it has a bunch of. Um, it's not just sodium chloride, potassium chloride, magnesium, magnesium. a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. yeah, the magnesium and the potassium. Potassium, hence the bananas this time. The bananas. Every a station I had bananas at, I was at the halfway point between that one and the next one. I was always thinking, "Oh, we're, we're already at the halfway point." Instead of, "We're only at the halfway point." <laughs> so yeah, it's those little things. Though so it's. And every race is an experiment and another data point.
2: And, and while we're on goos... <laughs> this is a good, there, is a good co- conversation. There's been a new development in, in goo technology that you may not be aware of. Please enlighten me. So there, there are new goos called... I think they're called liquid goos. Oh, <laughs> the watered-down goos. Have you heard of these? Uh, no, no. So they're goos. They're twice... I think about twice as large. Okay. And it's goo with water. <laughs> They're watered down goos. And that's all they had on the course. Oh, did, they have, did they have any oh, regular goos? They didn't have any regular goos. They, the they only had the liquid goos and they had two flavors, lemonade and cola. Uh, were those the only flavors? Uh. That's the only ones I saw.
1: I didn't uh. see flavor. I was only looking at caffeine, no caffeine. Yeah, Because I wanted to not go crazy with caffeine consumption. And I always have mixed feelings about the caffeination and everything. Yet, I drink copious amounts of coffee normally during my everyday life. Yet, I used to be a high school mountain biking coach. And those kids would be DQ'd from races, multiple races, uh, if they have anything that has caffeine, including Coca-Cola. And that's a facet of cycling is such a dirty sport Mm. that they want to make sure they keep. Everything that could be construed as a performance enhancer out of it, hmm. and yet we're using it regularly.
2: Yeah, yeah. The the amount of when you look at uh, the goos that have I think forty mgs of caffeine in the caf. That's I think that's a cup of coffee, and uh the number of those that speak for your own cup
0: of coffee. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna change the topic a little. Okay, I, I have a really so. What's surprising is John's a photographer. And he's really Take takes a, takes a lot of really cool pictures, and I'm looking at John's um, Strava, and there's a great picture. If you follow John Britan on Strava, I put it, up a picture for this. Is this is this John or is this Andrew?
2: No, remember the the. Oh, this is sunrise
0: with the It looked like it was on we fire. Pictures. Yeah, we both took pictures. We, yeah, oh, both yeah. took pictures okay, yeah. I'm sorry. This isn't John. He's not a very good photographer. This is Andy Melton. <laughs> there we go. Okay, <laughs> and. Uh, it looks like Everyone's it's on fire. It's My
2: phone takes way better pictures than your phone, John.
0: My phone's a lot older. <laughs> so, so tell me about when you took this, uh, Andy. So
2: that that was. Uh, I I don't know what the name of that section of trail is. It goes from cardiac Heather off down, but no, there's this has thought it has a different name where we took that it's, picture because Heather really, really cool. Because there's, there's a section of trail that goes from what I think the top of Heather Cutoff to f- Cardiac. Isn't that a different name?
1: Let's find out if it does
2: have so, a different name.
0: So for those who don't know, uh, the Dipsy Trail has a little segment called Cardiac, which is maybe a quarter mile. And it's the very last bit of trail as you reach the very top and then descend down into Stinson Beach, which is on the Pacific side of the Dipsy uh, Trail. So so, so uh, on this long thousand
2: foot elevation stretch from Cardiac down to what's roughly Muir Beach, there's a, a trail junction that kind of divides two sections. And- that
1: is the Heather Cutoff. The coastal trail
2: comes off a of cardiac. It's coastal, right? Co- okay, coastal, so it's coastal. And the turnoff is Heather Cutoff. Okay. It's the the switchback single track down. And that's where we took that picture, right where that transition takes place you you turn sharply to the left. Okay, so and that's when I'll, we I'll decided, try to yeah. to
0: uh describe it verbally. It's a it's a sunrise looking well, yeah, looking at the sun come up with the uh with clouds that make it look kind of like it's on fire.
1: It is Northeast, of course, from Mm -hmm. that perspective.
0: So you're already. uh, When when is sunrise in May? Six a.m. Six a.m. So you're an hour. So you just finished your. You're about an hour in. Uh yeah. That's about. You're along the ridge line. We're probably
1: five miles in. It's about three miles to the top of Cardiac, and that was about. Two ish miles down that trail. Yeah.
0: That sounds about right. Beautiful. It's
1: pretty awesome. Those are the kinds of stuff you get to see on those races. It's just, you, you suffer a lot so you can get this this one spectacular, beautiful view. Uh, whether it's the the stream of lights going up a single track trail in the dark because everybody still got their headlamps on, and you just see the zigzag of LED glow going up the trail, and then the sun rises. Of course, that's I don't know. It's a it's just the earth turning so that the sun views, but yet you know, people will stand out and get up early and photograph them. So it's, it's what you get to see when you do these things.
0: I love that. It's so, uh, it's so powerful. Like we go to work and we, uh, like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I can't remember what I did at work. Um, but if I did a race that a significant race, like a marathon or something, I'm going to remember, you know, something pretty big from that race. Uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty
2: really cool. And uh let us not forget the twenty miles of Windows ninety five desktop. Oh views.
1: man, the, the coastal trail. So that's that's Wait, the stretch right. after mile
2: twenty. I I am not following. Windows ninety five desktop, what did it look like?
1: Not Windows ninety five, oh, Windows leave.
2: XP. Oh Windows XP, sorry. Yeah, I think this is Windows XP. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah the grassy field and the blue
2: sky. The grass. Do you remember it? Can you see it? So, so, so yeah. we we'll get to this. So we we do the. Actually, lens. I know
0: where the hill is. Where's the hill? <laughs> uh, what's it's uh south south uh it's near San Jose somewhere. It's in California. It's in California for sure. So. So, the stretch,
1: so we do first two and a half three miles. We go up to the top of Cardiac, the top of the Dipsy. then we head down to the Headlands. You loop around the entire Headlands. It was beautiful. You see the sunrise. You see the city. You see the bridge. You see the bay. Happened to be clear the day before. It was super foggy, and a plane crashed in the headlands because it was so
0: foggy. That's the right day before. Yeah, that's that some was people, some people died, right? Yeah, yeah it, it, two people.
1: Single propeller plane, right. I think, is what it was. Yeah, that's also you know very unsettling. But it was a beautiful day the next day. Kind of windy, but not not too bad in the morning. And we get back. We come up come back up that same hill we were coming down watching sunrise from and we get to either as some people feel the first half of the race is over or the first two-thirds depending on how you (laughs) want to do the math and we're back up at the top of the dipsy. and then all quote all that's left of the race is to head out along the northwest slope of tam head along bolinas ridge and
0: then drop down to highway one
1: and then go back up and then just get back to Stinson Beach.
0: So this is Bolinas Ridge that we did yes. with, with my dad yes. uh, last year.
1: Yes. So this yeah. is,
0: when you look at the map of the race, the first 35 miles. But you hang a left. It looks like you hang a left. Yeah, you at hang a left loop. to go down and back so, up. So you go all the way down. So
1: it's, it's a pretty long ways north. So the first 35 miles of the race is still, is pretty well contained. And you're doing these big loops in the headlands. Mm-hmm. But the stretch of the first 35 miles, the southern part of the course, spans as far south as the last 25 miles of the course goes north. And of course out and back. So it's more of like a, a 12, 13 mile out and back. Um, and the what you're running is all this the Northwest Tam above Stinson Beach and Bolinas. and it's all grassy hillside. It's beautiful. A lot of people are always out there, tourists. Uh, we see a lot of tour groups out there and a lot of
0: European tourists.
1: A lot of European tourists, a lot of, tourists, <laughs> yeah. a lot of uh, Asian tourists, a lot of, uh, we saw some Boy Scout groups. Uh, and the problem with this chunk of trail, so beautiful, you're on the side of the mountain. So one foot's always higher than the other. You're mm-hmm. running on this like sideways trail. And you're just thinking the whole time, okay, am I gonna be filled with ticks when I finish this?
2: I mean, I thought we were doing some good trail maintenance that day because <laughs> it's so early in the season. There's so much grass.
1: Good flowers this year.
2: Oh, beautiful flowers. But we were we were making the trail. It was it was on the side of a
0: hill. You're running on the so side of a hill. Are we talking about Belinas Ridge right now? Not quite there. No, coastal. Coastal coastal. Tra- tra- coastal trail, just, trail. just just um, before Belinas Ridge. Okay. I'm looking at the map as we talk right now. So the
1: stretcher road above it, because you're paralleling what's called uh, Ridgecrest Boulevard, which is the north ridge of the whole Tam Watershed. Mm-hmm. And this is a place where a lot of car commercials are filmed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so there's a yep. lot of car commercials filmed out on the stretch. And Now we got drone cameras out everywhere. The most recent filming I saw out there, which was hilarious, there's a, a YouTube channel of a lady who makes robots. I think her YouTube channel is called Shitty Robots. <laughs> and she took a Tesla, the the Tesla, is it the Model Three, the SUV one? Or the That's one? the Y. The y. I, y. I I don't know what the Yes. The, letter y, or number the number Ys, the yeah. And she turned it into a pickup truck and mm. called it Truckla. Mm. And she had a team of engineers do that. And when they filmed the fake commercial for it, it was up on that that Ridgecrest Boulevard, it's pretty awesome. They're doing donuts is it called in the, the fields.
0: Three sisters,
1: uh, the Seven Sisters is Seven the bike loop. Oh yeah. So you go up from Fairfax uh, Al- Alpine Fairfax Dam, Road, past Alpine Dam, up the zigzags of the roads along the ridge, and you come
0: back Gnar- gnarly, like like climb off of Alpine Dam.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's short but steep. It is, but, it, but yeah. it's short.
0: It's not. And it's and a, what a really cool thing when you reach that ridge, even if it's kind of a clear day the redwoods they they're they're one of the few trees that um can accept water through their um leaves uh, through their leaves they're reverse pumps
1: pine,
2: pine needles to-
0: yes yeah and 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 the uh and so it's kind of sprinkling at the ridgeline yes. there it's 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 really cool yeah and there oh and the Bolinas people tear down the signs there cuz cuz they don't want people to know about that one road
1: Oh, that goes literally a, Bellinas, Fairfax Road? Yeah, there's one road on. that
0: goes off to the left that goes towards like uh, the Golden Gate. And then the other to the right, kind of straight over and down, goes to Bellinas.
1: It's it's a beautiful chunk of trails and beautiful roads. And you feel so remote out there. We went out there for Mother's Day to Oh, Bellinas, it's so remote. Uh, or to the Alpine Dam to do Kent Lake trails. And you feel like you've you're out in the middle of nowhere, yet you're still right here.
0: Yeah, as the crow flies... So we're in San Rafael right now at John's house. And as the crow flies, it's like maybe 10 miles, maybe. Oh, it, I can do a, a it, 20 mile run from my house, which is yeah, out back. To it, 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 so. would yeah. us, it would take us, it'd take an hour easily to get there and back like, or more to, yeah, it's just a long over, over the hills. To so get there. yeah,
1: the, the North part of this course is you're running along that ridge and you get to believe Ridge proper and you're on this fire road. Going through, which which is kind of nice. It's the afternoon by this point, and there's a couple of open parts where the sun's coming down, but most of it's in redwoods. You feel
0: like you're going through some like Endor. Something so- magic about running through redwoods. It's pretty when it's when it's dark, and I mean, he's like through Mirror Woods. If you're at five a.m. and through Mirror Woods, I, I can't describe it when there's nobody there. That's key, because like, going there on a Saturday at noon is, is is stupid. But getting there, like before the sun comes up, in Muir Woods, it's just it's just awesome. I mean, thousand year old trees, it's pretty cool.
2: What's different about this section of the course, though, from Muir Woods, is you know a lot of times you see redwoods and they're kind of in a canyon, or you feel like you're just in this space with the redwoods on the All
1: ridge, the armpits of hills. Cause like the redwoods pop out of the moist cracks of hills,
2: so yeah. it's just like an armpit of a person. There you go, there you go. But on Bolinas Ridge, you're you're on top, right? Mm-hmm. There's all you see is the sky and the redwoods, and you don't know how far it goes. It's uh, it, it it's a, it's it's different up there. Like we were talking about Star Wars and Endor, okay. and because it does have that kind of feeling that it just goes on for.
0: Oh well, you know. they filmed it like not very far from where you were running. Part, Some well, of parts, parts of it, parts of it. Yeah, from the old in one, Jedediah Smith State Park, I think, up in, uh, yeah. near, like, in Oregon. So yeah, I'm, I'm not a, a Star Wars nerd, so I don't, I don't really know. But. <laughs> the
1: the the thing about heading this on this last part of the course, last the last marathon of the course is in, you mean 50k? <laughs> 50k, 50k marathon <laughs> routing difference, yeah. He, it's an out and back, so everything you're going out, you know you got to come back. Uh-huh. So in my head now, I'm just thinking, okay, we're going down this right now, which means you got to go up. anything well, that's downhill is uphill so, on the way back. So,
0: so what mile is Olima uh, at the turnaround, where, where after you turn left? Because that forty-nine that seems... or
1: fifty. You don't go all the way to a Lima, though. No.
0: Oh, it's not Olima. Okay, a Lima. it just kind of looks like no, it. it's
1: uh, no. unincorporated Marin County, close to the Five Brooks trailhead. That um, that
0: must feel really good when you have the turnaround on the then north. You got to
1: go really you, you see the turnaround though where the A station is is the bottom of a mile and a half and a 1000 foot drop. <laughs> so when you get to the
0: A station, you turn around, you got to go right back up. For for well the way my head works, if I if I hit a turnaround, it means well, you know, I'm headed back. Yeah, and you yeah. you've
1: already run everything you have run out on everything you're gonna run back, with the exception of the last less, or like two miles down to the fire station. So we're we're retracing all of our steps. We get to even out the hips and ankle issues of being on a sideways trail, because you're gonna do the other side mm-hmm. on the way back.
2: And I I don't know how you felt, John, at running that roughly two miles downhill to Randall, or on the Randall Trail, but. I was happy to be able to turn around and go back up. Oh, the downhill on <laughs> it that? It was so painful. I, I was, Running I downhill. I was
1: saying, yeah. It's longer down than it is up.
2: Yeah. And it just went on. And you just, you just want it to be over because you know there's an aid station at the bottom. You know it's the turnaround where you get to head back to the finish. And it just felt like twice that distance. And the weird part that
1: day was it was windier down at the bottom of the hill at the aid station. Than it was up on the top of the ridge, because the whole top of the ridge is surrounded by redwood trees.
2: Mm-hmm. So, what kind of shoes were you guys wearing?
1: <laughs> oh, that's a story in itself.
2: I mean, I'll just, i I mean, my shoe story is boring. So, I was just wearing Speedgoats, okay, which, which is my tried and true ultra okay. distance shoe, good, good choice, Hoka good speed choice. Goat. How fresh were they? Not very fresh. I think I had 150 miles on them. And Hoka's are a very different shoe
1: after 100 miles.
2: Yeah. So these were, well, had you raced in them before? Uh, I um, gosh, I'm trying to think if I ran an MUC in them or not. Because I remember getting a pair, and it's just my own stubbornness with finances. I I thought about buying a fresh pair just for this race, which which sometimes we do for ultras because you want to have that. It's an advantage
0: to have the fresh foam. No, fresh, H- right? No, that is very smart. Hoka, yeah. Hoka is one of the few shoes you can put on brand new, and it doesn't have that. I don't I don't think it has that break in. There's, no, no there's no there's no break in at yeah. all. Well,
2: yeah.
1: no shoe should have a break in period. That's just my
2: opinion. Uh, makes sense. No shoe.
0: Makes sense. So, yeah. So, so well,
2: but John has a better shoe story because I think John wasn't quite decided on what shoes he was going to wear when we were driving out to the start of the race.
1: After a Napa Marathon in March, I had done a lot of my trail running in effectively cross-country racing flats, including my 20 milers. Because I know I can race 50K in those. I use Innovates, which wow. have good tread, but they're very, very lightweight. They're what I race for Dipsy and cross-country races. And I did the 50K uh, a month ago in these cross-country racing flats because it was raining for half the race, and it was pretty mucky. But I had never done 100K in those shoes. I've done 50 miles in those shoes. I know that's what I can do.
0: So This is like – but isn't the shoe that you're talking about for like – 10k half marathon
1: not necessarily it's a innovate makes shoes for i'm not exactly sure who they make shoes for but i hokas i have my hokas were trashed
0: my freshest pair of hokas were the ones that were for castle peak back in august okay i got i got i got some advice for you guys you gotta have at least 10 pairs of hokas that's how many. You can look around the corner and, and see I, all of them. And I've given up on dress shoes, by the way. I only wear hokas all the time.
1: You can get hoka dress shoes. I have black leather hokas.
0: So so little little, <laughs> little sidebar here. Uh where was I? Uh yeah, I was I was uh where was I? But all the Wearing dad your hokas. All the dads. All the dads I saw. Uh oh, it's like soccer practice or something. There's like six dads all wearing hokas it was great it's like the uniform of the day it's
1: funny when yeah. i first noticed the first place i ever noticed hokas was miwok in 2011 and i saw dave Mackey wearing hokas and i was going what the hell are those the stack Bigger heights Mark like bonus. this big yeah, <laughs> yeah. the, it made the tall dude even taller yeah and i'm like what the what the hell is like oh he's a big dude i guess it kind of makes sense And then a few years later, I saw a bunch of little dudes wearing hokas and go, oh, okay, maybe there's something to these. But I I, I was my my plan was to get a fresh pair of hokas of the same model that I already had and use those because I've done that many times for races. And of course, I go the day before the race to SFRC, the running shop, and they don't have anything. And I'm looking at the shelf going, well, I, I can't wear the ones I have. They're so trashed. I'm going to feel just so beat up from wearing those. So I see that a pair of Nikes, same model as a pair that I know I can run 100K in. Um, it had been a while since I'd run 100K in those kinds of Nikes, but I said, okay, this is what they have. And I, I bought them. This is how many days before the this race? is the day before, less than less, less than twenty four hours before. This is like at noon the day before, and then I was going to a track meet in the city, uh, for high school kids, and I am just walking around that track meet in my fresh pair of hoka's, just
0: ma- not hoka's, nikes, making sure they feel right. This is exactly what I do, yeah. Like it's... I so so no no I talk to people about like what they should do, and then they're like what do you what do you do, Andy? I am like uh just figure things out like when I on the day of cool. you know.
1: No, I've done this many times. <laughs> Get the fresh pair of the shoe that you already have. And one time it burned me. You were pacing me because of manufacturer's defect. That shoe was too small. Oh,
0: this is TRT. Yeah. That shoe was way too that, small. That was BS. And those is, were... Uh, an abbreviation for profanity. Those those were the cross-country flats. Yes. Um,
1: and Andy, you were there watching I thought, me finish. I thought you were wearing... Uh, I thought it was an Ultra Olympus thing. Nope, no, I was wearing Innovates coming down. Oh, the, the Innovates. Yeah. That's right. And I know they're too small because Victor Ballesteros, who is smaller than I am, took those shoes from me.
0: He says, these fit me great. We uh-huh. we thought your toe was broken because it was jamming. This is Tahoe, how many years ago? 2018. 2018, yeah. yeah. The I medic mean, there told me, he's like, you got turf toe. I was like, whoa. Yeah.
1: So it's like, and again, no yeah. reason you, to death You, marks you were
0: messed up. You You, you couldn't go on.
1: But the Nikes that I wore, I've never had a bad race in Nikes. They were great shoes. So it was my feet were my feet were fine. No blisters, no any, no, no feet issues. So that was in the end. It was a good story. Happy ending. lucked out. But yeah, buying a fresh pair of shoes the day before the race, even at SFRC, they're saying, wait, you said you're racing Miwok tomorrow. What are these
0: shoes for? Miwok. So, So. So. okay. So what about the field? So you guys, this is we should back up a little bit because we're we're like well past the first 50k but you guys were running together the whole time right yeah holding hands I didn't oh, ruin
2: your race holding hands most of it too
0: no i i think i think that's really cool you could like i think it's a challenge to run with somebody that distance because naturally somebody's going to feel better somebody's going to feel down you know slower you know it's like really So, so Andy, I got to ask you, this is a week later. I I look back and think where my
1: training landed me. And if I had been solo for that race, I don't think I would have run as fast. I probably would have been 15 minutes slower. I would have been coming into Stinson Beach thinking I can break 14. I can break 14 and probably would have run 1402. That's I just know how I felt after the race Thinking about everything, how my pace transpired through the whole day.
2: How did you feel? The same way. I think I would have been slower. I mean, even though the training was spot on, I don't have the time to commit to 75 hundred mile weeks like you should for hundred K. Mm-hmm. But given that the training I put into it and um and then I I I remember John just like pulled me along like that. I think I still don't know how you did. I held you back at the beginning. Well, you did, but the (laughs) but the run back up to cardiac, we ran that whole thing, and I know for a fact I would have hiked most of it. I probably would have too. See, (laughs) see, and then the last stretch too, along coastal at the end, we just had a nice, you know, nice pace. We were talking about all the great sitcoms that were made in the 1980s that are no longer on the air
1: and you know you just pulled us along the last before this the last day station so this was coming from mile 50 to 56 i know you were feeling sprier than i was you you get highs and lows you do you were having a higher point at that point and i was just having a lower point just going Mm -hmm. god this this fire road never ends and at the little uphills i was just like okay i can catch up to them it was just like that that and Mm -hmm. then when we got to the coastal trail it flipped, yeah. Because then I was picking up the pace, and I was like, "Come on, I need to stay, stay with me, stay with me."
2: I mean, and- that, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, we we talked about this a little bit um, with with while we were running the race with ultras, but I I do think there's a there is an advantage to running as a as a little pack, and and the elites do this right, like when they run races and they're trying to set course records it's oftentimes they're running as a pack for a good chunk of the race i've right? seen it
1: happen at me walk
2: yeah um but but we didn't observe that though in me we were the only ones running together right every other person was either by themselves or with the pacer i like it right
1: see i i need people to talk to because then it takes my mind off running yeah and not that it, it sounds when you say it like that it sounds like oh i don't like doing this No, no no i want to do this but it like brings out all kinds of Okay. Crazy thoughts.
0: I, I need a clarification here. I'm looking at the results. I have Andrew Melton at 13 hours and 44 minutes and 55 seconds. I don't see John Bertan. Uh Oh.
1: This is hilarious. I don't I don't so see you. we cross literally holding hands. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> yes. my chip didn't trigger. So oh really? I got home. <laughs> okay. Shower, I am eating dinner. I'm doing the, as I said, I did the opposite of what you, 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 you texted me saying you almost puked in the shower. Yeah. I ate 20 of my daughter's dino nuggets. (laughs) I was like, I'm hungry. We have no Mm. food in the fridge right now. I got nothing I can cook. So my wife said, well, we got dino nuggets. I'm like, okay, that sounds good. And I keep getting these phone calls from Oregon. I'm like, who the fuck on a Saturday night is calling me from Oregon? Oh, is that going to be bleeped out? Um, <laughs> That's okay. And we're thinking, my wife and I are both thinking this is the Oregon Shakespeare Festival because they call us a lot because we, we go. Yeah. And then the phone, the same phone number calls my wife's phone. We're like, oh, it's totally OSF.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I get a text message. It's from Tia.
2: Oh. Because
1: she lives in Oregon. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Jonathan,
2: yeah. I want to make sure you're still not on the course. <laughs> Oh wow!
1: <laughs> Chip didn't trigger.
2: She thought you like so, you like fell on Matt Davis and you were like, <laughs>
1: who knows? <laughs> yeah, I'm still on Bolinas wow. Rage and I'm curled up <laughs> in a fetal position. And I'm yeah, exactly. Oak. I'm
0: yeah. I'm browsing. I don't I don't see you so as a finisher I, on, I, the, on the results.
2: I texted her.
0: Do you think say,
1: it's
2: because we crossed exactly the
1: same time? I finished time? Exactly with Andy Melton. Yeah, and I'm good. I'm home. I sent her my Strava link because I literally yeah. uploaded it right when we finished, and so. Yeah, if it's not any official results, I, I got to send her a, you, a you message. Had, you right guys there. had
0: Tim Tubra 15 seconds ahead of you. And, uh, yeah, so it's pretty close. Yeah,
1: so no, no, that was a, a funny, like, last <laughs> bit of Saturday night.
2: <laughs> well, she's, I, know, I know in one of her emails, she, she says that, you know, if you do drop, you need to drop at an aid station. Because of that reason, they will track oh, yeah. you down and there will be a search party and you will have to pay for it if, yes yeah
1: yes no i i did send her the message back but it was just so funny we were just thinking it's somebody else some and yeah oh. and yeah no it's so,
0: a, so who else do we know that ran because I, I i know there's a bunch of people do we want to shout out to them or
1: well, of course, Dylan got a new course record for the current course. I That's, think
0: Dylan uh, Bowman, eight fifty four. Elon 54. Lieber had a
1: second. We saw them multiple times, and it was like first, and he was running strong the whole time. Every time we saw him, we saw Elon, Elon Lieber, and he was running strong every time we saw him. He Dylan had a solid first. Elon had a solid second, and then there was everybody else. Yeah. And what was weird, I'd seen like many like front. You know, the first 10 of the race coming back on various places of the course in past years. And they would be like running strong those last 10 miles. From places three on, I felt everybody was doing the same thing. Walking the uphills (laughs) and running the flats and downhills. I was kind of surprised to see how many people, even on Bolinas Ridge, were just like, okay, this part's uphill. I'm going to hike it. In the even in the top ten pack, mm-hmm. which I I, I I don't know what that means. I I just it's
2: a I I agree. It, the day it, was weird. It there there's a steep drop off because um I mean I even thought so so that's another great thing about this race since this is going out to the masses is that a great thing about Miwok is you get to see the leaders because there are these out and back sections and that's just cool i mean seeing that is is awesome right seeing dylan bowman come by looking so relaxed like he's just out i don't know if you thought the same thing john but i saw dylan come by and he just looked like he's out for his like recovery run right (laughs) nine minute pace recovery yeah and he looks so chill he's like hey guys nice job you know (laughs) (laughs) it was and you're and how are you winning this race because he was not there was no effort right on his face he was just cruising but then you're right. After Dylan and Elon, there was a just
1: they looked so smooth.
2: They they looked they looked really smooth. But then everybody after that, I felt like we were all like I like to call myself an upper mid packer. You know, they didn't
1: look wrecked. They, they didn't just look, look re- like they were being very strategic about yeah. how they were spending their effort.
2: Yeah, they were they were That's upper upper smart. mid upper mid pack running a smart race, trying not to blow up. Yeah, just getting it done.
1: And that's the the other beauty about this race. The last marathon, you literally see everybody who's out, who's still running the race. And you, that's a cool thing. You're, you're all in it together. You're not, you're racing each other. Yes, but you're really all just racing the course. The course is what you're going to finish. And that's the, the ad- adversary that you're all going against. Mm-hmm.
0: you guys have anything you want to add
1: again, as everybody had commented on the course, why does that guy talk so much? What do you I can keep going
2: yeah i i I did appreciate that moment i think I think the guy he finished right behind us, but he uh cracked me up when we all came into an aid station together, and he was just like i was I was running with you guys and man, you were talking about like like the physics of like music philosophy or something. (laughs) He's like, I had no idea what was going on, but I just, I kept listening to you. (laughs) And like, and that helped him again, back to the advantage of running together as a pack, right? Here's somebody we didn't even know. And he was able to tune in to whatever bizarre conversation we were having. And that helped him, right? There's something to that. There's power to that. Running these races is like, especially when you're running with somebody,
1: It's like doing drugs with somebody because you have these conversations, (laughs) you know, when you're, you know, smoking weed or, you know, there is a group. There is a group flow. Yeah. yeah, You're just thinking all these thoughts and you think, Oh, these are amazing. Nobody's ever thought these before. And it, yeah, it's, it's like the college stoner is thinking, wow, we have uncovered something just so like transformative in terms of like the realm of philosophy and the human race and all that. And you realize everybody's already thought that before, and yet you're in this brain space when you're racing. It's no different, and so that's that's where my brain goes if I'm. And I, I try to. It, it takes my mind off the, the pounding on my body and stuff like that.
0: No, it's it's so true. It's like uh, if you can, if if you can separate the, you know, mind from the body which is basically what you're doing when you're talking to somebody as you're running then it makes it so much easier um never done a 100k but like it makes a lot of sense if you're if you can uh abstract from your your legs and everything else going on as long as it's like you don't have like some serious problem just talk the whole way so this race going into it I was
1: especially the week before and maybe because it was work and life and all kinds of things. I was, I don't want to say I was stressed about the race itself. I was more stressed about, okay, this is another thing on my plate. And I wanted to make sure I got my Western States qualifier. Cause I think I want to run that race, but I'm still not sure, but it's just nice to make sure I have that, that qualifier there so I can put them for the lottery. So I can, have the opportunity to do something i'm i think i want to do (laughs) and i was thinking about it going into it going oh man i'm just kind of beat up i've been doing just trying to get my miles in work family etc but then after the day after we ran the race i was like that was fantastic it's like that's why we do this it was it was uh I felt better after the race than I did before, even though I was totally ready to be done coming down those, those last two miles of Matt Davis, but it was this very refreshing. Oh yeah, this is, this is really fun. I'm happy to, I, I, I love doing these things and it was, yeah, it was pleasant to feel better after than before in the, in the mental headspace thing. How'd you feel Andy?
2: No, you're right. It's, there is uh i I find it the same way that the week leading up to the race, no matter how it, I mean it, it's 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 nice in a way because you have extra time you're tapering you're not thinking about running as much I, I always find the week before the race it's like you you're, you're trying to eat as much as you can you're like you're just like you're tapering you're not running you're like this is great right get to sleep in not waking up at 5 am right to get those runs in. And then the race happens, and I mean, 100K, you're going to suffer. There's no way to get through that without a lot of extreme just like, this is not fun, (laughs) right? You're, You're suffering through it. But then it's over, and then the week afterwards, which is the week that we're just finishing right now, I mean, it's amazing, right? It's like a weight's been lifted. And you just accomplish something
1: self-imposed weight,
2: <laughs> self-imposed weight. But you just accomplish something most people on the planet will never accomplish. But could they could if they wanted to? I I agree. There's nothing. I think people underestimate their their you know ability or their capacity to to run long distances. But it is it's a it's an amazing a feeling of of accomplishment and um and it just feels like you know it just like it made the whole year right for me i mean for this this was my main race i'm i had on my calendar for the year and it's like i can just relax the rest of the year now <laughs> um i mean i'm still i still want to keep running and having you know different v- adventures but it's like it's uh so,
0: so yeah did you have a time in mind were you thinking like if i don't do this in such and such hours you know then or or, or you were just like i just want to finish it
2: I think, well, so with running, especially ultras, you have A goals, B goals, C goals. It's probably yep. the same thing for marathons, right? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So A goal for me was... Finish? No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. A goal... So 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 just finish oh, is, oh, is a like... A goal
0: is the top goal. Yeah,
2: which is like you have a perfect day and maybe you do a little bit beyond what you thought you were even capable of, right? So A goal for me was... Yeah. 13 or sub 13. Like, I mean, there's probably, you know, I don't, I didn't think, I mean, I didn't put in the number of mileage to, you know, to get there. B goal was exactly what we hit, which was the main goal. I was like 13, 14. That's what we did. And then seagulls is just finish. But I have so much respect for anybody that can finish that because I mean, it's, it's not easy to get through that whole thing. And, and, um, I, I think you really have, you know, it, it, it shows a lot of mental fortitude and, um, and anybody that gets a finish, I think at that distance is, uh, it's something they can be proud of.
1: I gotta say finishing this race, it wasn't a race where it was definitely not a, a C goal for the day. It was, Oh, definitely, definitely not definitely yeah. in the, yeah. in the beagle range, which is, is i think huge. Um it's it's weird to to try to give those goals for a race that especially races you've done before. So my best time on the Miwok Court on the Miwok race but not this current course was 11:45. This current course, I think my best time was 12 flat. Um which I think I was like so even. It was like 5.57.603. 603. Um but it's also knowing you know what my training has been too and thinking okay i i know how i feel at mile 30 at mile 40 and thinking this is what's reasonable today let's not blow up and let's finish this in a way that i feel like i'm strong finishing running into the finish not just marching into the finish and like this is finishing in such a way that is the, the finish itself becomes comes into question. Um, I think finishing me walk th- this race a week ago, I was in a much better headspace and training space perhaps than I was when I finished castle peak. When you were facing me castle peak was that, that was an entirely different experience altogether. I still maintain, as I said, that race is harder mile per mile than UTMB in terms of what the course offered,, wow. which is kind of crazy to think because it's also a race that's kind of in our backyard, and just the quality of the trail and everything that that race offered that's a rough course and this me walk is a much more runnable course, and you know I wasn't carrying trekking poles or anything like that. It's not an altitude, there wasn't uh, dust and smoke to deal with. And the, the climbs aren't as dramatic. And so it's uh yeah it's just a different beast. But I, I definitely felt after this one, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a I'm happy to finish the race and I'm ready for the next one.
0: You know what I like about both of what, what you said is it's knowing knowing thyself, right? Like, OK, this is what I put into it. This is what I expect to get out of it. And I was close to getting what I expected to get out of it. And it's like very few things in life are, okay, I do this, probably going to see that, and uh, this is the result. And it's, uh, it's it's really rewarding to see, you know, like you guys know, you've done like how many hundreds of hours, thousands of hours of running and then to like see the um accumulation of your effort, knowing where you're at through like however many years you've been running. Okay, like I'm not going to break whatever time. I'm not going to PR at this race, but this is where I'm going to I expect to be and then and then it's like, oh, this is great because this is where I expect my body to be at. So, it's really cool. All right. So, uh I think we can wrap it up uh anything else we want to add
2: uh what you just said is a good place to wrap it up i think (laughs) you summed it up right
1: there it was an excellent day thank you tia and all of the other race staff and volunteers
2: we gotta give a shout out to matt too for pacing us (laughs) yeah the last 12 miles he injected this new energy coming up from randall he totally did
0: yeah it was great so
2: we got. We, we we can't leave Matt out of this conversation.
0: Thank you to everybody that put on this race. Thank you to the aid stations, and uh, thanks uh, for listening. All right.